Hey, and welcome to the first episode of Symposia Disney in 2023. We are back and better than ever and can't wait to talk all things Disney with you today. Welcome to season two. I'm so excited to be here. Hey, everybody. So this is Liz. I know, total fan favorite here. But anyway, uh, this is Liz and also excited to be here. And I'm Danica, and this is my favorite thing to do. So I'm happy (laughs) to be here as well. Welcome back, ladies. We had such a good first season. I was so excited to launch Symposia Disney with you two. Um, No one else I would rather talk Disney with. Yeah, now we're back for season two, and um, I think we're going to have a great season. I'm so excited to, you know, keep it going and build on what we did. We laid a great foundation in season one. Yeah, I um, I definitely think with season one and the fact that we started during the pandemic to give ourselves like a little sense of community and escapism mm-hmm. and then how we got back into the parks and everything I just want to say thank you to both of you for helping me keep a little joy during um, what was an incredibly difficult time and still is for many. Um, so thanks, thanks, thanks for being here. I don't even remember who suggested it anymore. Was it Danica? Who said I, we should have a podcast? <laughs> I think it came from a, a thread that we had going and. We said we should do a podcast, and then yeah. we said yes, we absolutely should, and it and it just happened, and we actually made it happen. Yes, yeah, I, th- I think I was the one that wrangled you guys into it. I mean, I think we all were like, we should do this, and I was like, I see you and I hear you, yes. and now you guys are getting a group text. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, exactly, oh. and it was it was such a nice thing for being you know in lockdown to have this sense of community and keep the disney spirit alive while we were not able to go anywhere and then as the world opened back up back up it was so nice to travel with our families again and share it with each other yes i love the best part has been you know becoming even better friends with the two of you and mm-hmm. now having somebody to be like oh my god like the the 4 a.m. text from Liz when with the Iger JPEG news, (laughs) you know, you're the only person I could get that text from, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So a lot has happened um, in Uh recent months. Uh, And we're going to talk about some of it today. We're going to, obviously, I think everybody listening knows that we could easily talk for probably five hours, but we're going to (laughs) try and hone ourselves in and, The focus of this uh, episode, which Liza beautifully laid out for us, um, is we're going to kind of hit like some past points of 2022, but also what we're looking forward to as we move into the future and then like the real future of kind of where are we going in in all of this. I'm excited to start digging in. Who, Who would like to start to like kind of reflect on something big? And Danica did suggest that we try to limit it to one thing each, because again, I have like a list of 12. But anyway, um, so who would like to start with part of our retrospective for 2022? Well, I can go ahead and start because I have, I'm bounding for today's episode. Oh. Um, so I've got my, I've got my uh, Asgard Tours hat on, 
and I've got my my Thor shirt on, and I also have my Norway mug. <laughs> oh and even more excitingly, I do have my my Thor's hammer wristlet. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes just popped out of my head. That's literally the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so um, I would say uh, the to- top like sort of thing that happened to me in terms of movies and film was probably a Thor Love and Thunder, which we saw on the day it came out, obviously. Um, uh, I'm a big, big Taiki Watiti fan. So that was that was big for me. Um, that was that was my big thing, I would say like uh in terms of the the movies and and things like that yeah um and then maybe we could talk about like a park visit after we talk about movies does that sound yes yeah oh i love that yeah i love it well thor was so huge um i think for my family december 31st 2021 we first saw encanto and then it was just such a big part of 2022 for us i mean it was just one of those huge, huge Disney movies and musicals that just touched our hearts and souls. We used to sing the music every day in the car ride on the way to school with um, with my Livy and, um, you know, just sharing it with our friends and family and through the music um, and just knowing that it was, you know, such a big hit and just at birthday parties, you know, you know, Bruno would come on and everybody would sing. And it was just so fun to have that be part of our year. So I think Encanto was our big, um, you know, big Disney presence in 2022. And we also love turning red, but that, that was, uh, you know, I think Encanto, if we, we agreed that that was, that was the big one for us in movies. Yeah, I definitely, um, Encanto was a big one turning red. My girls were obsessed with five town, um, oh, yeah. which I'm not sure was supposed to be the main takeaway of the film. No. No. Uh, we really liked Thor. We had hoped we would see it in a theater and we ended up not being able to see it in a theater. And so we did have to wait till it was a small screen, but I think I'm going to, um, go with black Panther Wakanda forever. Yes. I'm glad um, about that too. And part of it is because, so until very recently, I was a high school history teacher. Um, nobody knows this, Hey, because we haven't been recording, but I've slightly moved gears but Black Panther, the first one, was so good for teaching um, about like imperialism and colonization and what it does to the land and everything. Oh. And then Wakanda Forever, like took what they had done that really opened an insight into students' minds. Like the museum scene is like a classic one that I know a lot of social studies teachers from the first Black Panther show in classes. Um, and now Wakanda Forever included that for um, like, um, Mexico, Latin America, Central America, like that entire thing that came in that the students suddenly come in with a context. And that also, I loved Miss Marvel for the same thing. I realize I've now mentioned like five things, but Miss Marvel gave that, that whole, um, aspect too. And so I just love how the Marvel movies are giving these historical contexts and talking points to lots of generations, but for me, especially to students. So, they have this area to talk about. So I really liked Wakanda forever. I was just very excited about that. Absolutely. I haven't been able to watch it yet. I don't think I'm emotionally stable enough for it. Every time I think about it, I sort of like tear up. I'm like, I just, I don't know if I can do it yet. The first five minutes of Wakanda forever, Mary turned to me. So my eight year old, 
turned to me and said, why are they trying to make me sad? And I was like, baby, I know. But, and this, this again follows that I really feel like the Marvel movies handle grief in its many ways so well that it's amazing, which is why I like to pretend that Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness doesn't exist (laughs) because I don't like how it handles things. Um, But Wakanda forever. Yeah. Mary definitely cried within the first five minutes of Wakanda forever. The other, like everyone else was sad, but little Mary just had tears streaming down her face and she was like, why are, why are they doing this to me? So yeah, Danica, it's hard. And it continues to be hard off and on throughout the movie. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm never going to be ready for that. No. No. Chadwick Boseman. It was just amazing. And the respect that they pay to him. Like, I'm sad that they have to do it, but they just do it in such an amazing way. It feels right. Right. They certainly didn't have to do that in what was one of the going to be one of the biggest movies like kind of ever right yeah, they right. could have just kind of moved on and yeah. not acknowledge that and, and they and they didn't no it's um it is both an excellent movie and a hard movie simultaneously so but yeah those are such good highlights of 2022 in in film for disney um, what about park visits, everyone? I think we all um, made it there in, in 2022 in various ways. Um, so, Danica, do you want to start or who wants to start? After I made Danica cry. <laughs> I know because the, the story I have is actually kind of emotional, too. Um, but I would say... Um, you know, an, an amazing park visit. Uh, we did two pool days, which was amazing and great. Um, but I would, I don't, I'm not going to do a trip report, but the highlight for me was, um, or maybe not, obviously it was many highlights, but what was uh, something we'd never done before and really, who was, um, the candlelight processional oh, wow. and where Josh Gad re- read the Christmas story. And we all sang Silent Night together. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, and then afterwards, he was like, may your, may your holiday season be full of warm hugs. And I was like, this is the best, the best Christmas night of my, my life. My husband was like, that was really like cheesy and Jesus-y. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I just got tears in my eyes when I picture him saying warm hugs. I know. I mean, people just like lost their mind. Wow. Um, but it was so, <clears throat> you know, this is the first time we did Christmas at um, at the at Walt Disney World. We've done it at Disneyland before. It was so fun. It was so interesting. And it was so intimate in a way that I wasn't sort of expecting, you know, th- that to be in this sort of situation where, um, you know, just in that auditorium with with Josh Gad, you know, it's not big. It's it was very um, sweet and it was it was just really a beautiful experience. Um, and so that was something that you know, like I don't think we'll ever have that again, right? We're never gonna hear Josh Gad do the Christmas story again. It would be, yeah. you know, absurd. But um, but the the whole experience of Christmas at Walt Disney World and with that being the sort of the the pinnacle of of the experience was really really meaningful. And I would probably just add that 
from my perspective, I didn't, I thought the parks and our trip was fantastic. I, whatever I'm sort of reading on Twitter and on the internet and that sort of thing, like we didn't really have any of those issues mm -hmm. except that things were really expensive, but, um, they're really expensive. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that, that would be, that, that was sort of my, my, my highlight was Josh Gad reading the Christmas story at Epcot. I'm, I'm oh so God. happy you guys got to do that. <laughs> it was really special. That's amazing. Yeah. I am. Um, after, after that, I started following him on, or when you announced that you were going to see Josh Gad, I started following him on Instagram and like there was the whole build up to him doing it that he was like record like all of these things and i was like oh it's just he's just delightful he's also. delightful and he was really excited about it too yeah. like on twitter he's just like i can't wait yeah well like, that's it like his instagram he was like this is great thank you disney i love everyone and i was like oh man oh, yeah, it was totally worth I think this getting year up at 2 a.m. to get those dinner reservations <laughs> so I could get <laughs> the, the, the seats. Totally worth oh it. Well, the West Coast, you guys have like, <laughs> you guys are really tough cookies getting those. It's like, you know, when you go through your alarms on your phone and it's like, I'm like, why was I getting up at 2.58? Like, what, what alarm was that for? And it's like, oh, that's right. I was trying to get princess dining or something. <laughs> sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think this was the year of the four of the Frozen main characters got inducted into the Disney Hall of Fame. So it was Josh, um, Idina, Kristen, and... Um, Oh my gosh, she was Kristoff, Jonathan. Yeah. And they all four got inducted. And it was just so amazing to just reflect back on how important Frozen franchise has been to uh to Disney for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So it's the 10-year anniversary of Frozen this year. Oh, wow. I feel very old again. I know. I know. It's amazing. <sighs> Um, I also had uh, a beautiful family trip this year. Um, and I think just the general highlight was, it was the first time I went with extended family and that was just so lovely and making those lifelong memories with my nieces and my nephew and, you know, for my daughter to have that with her cousins. Um, she also told me that she never she never wants to go without her cousins now. So I'm sort of, sort of like screwed now. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to mobilize the family on the regular. But um, she just had such a wonderful time. And I think the highlight of our trip was for the girls, the um, Bippity Boppity Boutique. Um, it was a 12 year old, 10 year old, and my daughter, eight years old. And um, I didn't know even how it would go over with the older girls, but it was magical. The, they loved it. The stylists really treated them like such, you know, with respect and, and just really, you know, talk to them. And they also felt so good afterwards. And, and it was just a beautiful memory that we all made. And then with my nephew too, um, I think watching the fireworks with him um, at magic kingdom was another real highlight. So those were the greatest memories. I'm excited, you know, spoiler, but one of the things we're planning on talking about in an episode in the future is doing large group yes. visits to, to Disney World, which I have no experience with, but both of you do. And um, it was so exciting to like listen to you plan the trip and managing and um, gracefully 
managing. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. That was ex- very exciting, other, you know, whole other learning curve. That mm-hmm. was really, it was really cool. Um, so as, as we all know, I go fairly frequently. Um, we actually switched the, so the annual passes switched up this past year. Right. And so, and we have a residence in Florida, which we can also talk about in a future episode, recession stuff, all of those things. Um, fun times. Anyway, uh, so we switched to the cheapest annual pass for Florida residents, which is the one where you can only go on weekdays and there are blockout days. And we did that halfway through the summer. So that's made things a little more interesting because obviously you can't just go down for a weekend. Not that we were really achieving that. But I think, um, so we, we did go several times. We continued to have really cool meals with my parents. That was always really fun. But one of the highlights is our public school district has a week off in September. We just have a week off every six weeks. It's just what it is. And a lot of families from our town go to Disney because you can just drive or it's a really short flight. And so a lot of people for the September one go to Disney. And some of our really good friends went on their first trip. Well, I think... I think the dad had been like when he was seven. So, but they went on their first trip and with their kids and they didn't even tell their kids until like they were at the airport because they were supposed to go the year before and COVID had moved everything. And it just, they ended up really liking it. And kind of Liza, like when you were like, oh, my, my Liv only wants to go with her cousins. My girls were like, oh, it's so great. Well, we go with our friends. And I mean, obviously they've gone with um, my sister's boys before but they were like this is great more the merrier let's just keep doing it and it was just it was very nice um to see people new to disney and they were just like this is amazing Mm -hmm. and so danica when you were saying you know people on twitter say a lot of things and i'll sometimes say a lot of things we all know that in the middle of that trip i like had a or in the middle of one of the trips this year i had a breakdown because i messed up well we had we got genie plus and i couldn't figure out how to make it work for us um in a positive way where I felt like I got my money's worth. And yet by the end of this year, I'm like, no, I totally understand how to use Genie Plus. But um, it was just, it was really nice to be with people who were new to Disney and thought that this was going to be a one-off trip that they were going to check off and never go back. And they have already made their reservations for next September. Wow. And hopefully their children don't listen to this podcast. So I'm just going to remind the parents never to play this for them because it's a secret again. (laughs) Oh. But yeah. I, and just to, for the for the listeners at home, Liz is like a really calm, like logical sort of person who I just just straight yeah. And then to to get that like text for her, wasn't it from Epcot? You're just like, so this is what's happening, and I am done with the kids. Oh my with, God. with I was like, Disney. I'm gonna leave. Oh, I was like, I'm gonna leave everyone <laughs> here. Like, oh dear. Um, and then the next day we went to to Magic Kingdom, I think. And I was just like, forget all of this. We're just going to do... And I was like, back. I was like centered again. But basically it's... And we'll talk about this in future episodes. There was a really sharp learning curve for Hollywood Studios. Mm -hmm. And we did not buy Genie Plus at 7 a.m. when you needed to have bought it to have made it work because I... And it was just a lot of things going on. So again, tips in future episodes. But yeah, I definitely had a breakdown one day. I don't like spending money and then feeling like I wasted it, which I think is probably a very familiar uh, feeling for a lot of people. So I also cried at guest services at Hollywood Studios this year. So I think it's just 
you know, we could talk about this, like you said, but I think that the Genie Plus brings a big learning curve. Um, It was new to all of us. But now by the end of the trip, I think we've figured it out, mastered it, and can Mm -hmm. share our smarts about it with other people. And I'll say that my, um, so my friend who, again, her family just went for the first time in September, and I think it was her first time, they did Genie Plus every day, and she was on it. Like, she was like, she was worried about it going in, and then she embraced it and adopted it in a much more successful manner than I had ever done. So then I just started copying what she was doing. So I do think if you're going to use Genie Plus, there are some people, and maybe I was just too tied to my fast pass memories, but there are some people who didn't even have the learning curve, just did well with it. So it's it's fascinating. Yeah. I could totally see that just where, like, I, I think that I know the system so well that I don't need, like, Genie Plus or that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But I, yeah, I got Genie Plus just one day on our trip, and we more or less got it so we could ride Frozen. Um, yeah. We rope dropped Remy, which, you know, kind of does go back to, so one of my theories is that, can we just, like, individual lightning lane everything? Like, yes. I would actually kind of love that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I would... I would- Totally be fine with that, but I, that's basically what I did with Genie Plus. <laughs> well, well, that's it. I I feel like the individual lightning lanes made way more sense and much more value to me than Absolutely. the Genie Plus did, and I think that was part of the the problem. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I if I get a text like in six months that Liz is like, I'm the new CEO of Disney, I'd be like, I I saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey Disney, give me a call. I've got some thoughts. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Can I throw out a random like positive from 2022 that we never discussed? And I'm just going to throw it out here so we can manifest it in 2023. Yeah. Which is that we may or may not hopefully do some sort of episode with Len Testa. Oh yes. Yeah, I that have to friend him. Yeah, I have to refriend. So we had I had responded to something he said on Twitter. And he was like, oh, academics involved in Disney. And I was like, oh, my God, we're academics. I sound like Mickey there. Um, <laughs> so I, I emailed him and I and he was all he was he was for it. And then we all dropped off the face of the planet because we're all working parents and life, which is also why we haven't recorded a show in four months, even though we've been like texting constantly. Mm-hmm. So um, I am manifesting for 2023 that we do something with Lentesta. Jim, if he wants to come, I love Jim too. So yes. I'm open. We're definitely, that's definitely on the docket for Symposia yes. Disney. That's Absolutely. right. Well, that back in Yeah. <laughs> well, that gives us a nice parlay into our second, you know, part of what our episode is all about. So what is going on in the present? Um, so we kind of just did our retrospective on 2022. What is going on right now? Um, you know, what's sort of something that each one of us wants to talk about either in the parks or in the company, in, you know, in the entertainment um, that we can discuss. So, I mean, I think one of the big things is kind of what Danica just hinted at, which is the big CEO change and how um, right at the end of 2022, um, Bob Chapek exited, Bob Iger came back in. So I think that was definitely a big shakeup. So, um, yeah, we were all very surprised, which again would be when we're texting at like four o'clock in the morning or whatever time that is in different time zones. <laughs> um, so I was not a fan of Chapek. 
Um, I definitely saw him as someone more interested in the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I think with Iger back, I have hopes, but you know, we're all well-versed in the, the Disney universe. And so we do know that some of the ideas that Chapek instituted had either started with Iger or different things. And so it's, it's a little hard to know. There have been some potential changes, which I think are helpful. Um, they're no longer charging guests, uh, hotel guests to pay for parking. Although part of me then wonders if they're just increasing the hotel stay. I'm hopeful that things will get a little more back to the way they were, but Disney has also begun, has been getting progressively more expensive um, for over, well over a decade or more now. Um, I think the last kind of dip we saw was probably in 08 with the last downturn. And so I'm not completely positive, but I do have hopes. I just feel like Disney is becoming more and more out of reach for a lot of families. And that's, that's sad to me. Yeah. And I mean, the, the crazy thing for me, and I totally agree with Danica and, and Liz, when they said, I don't, I didn't have any of the issue where the magic was gone when I was on my trip. I mean, I don't think that that's actually true. I think that's just a lot of negativity, like you know, beginning negativity on social media. I really do think that my experience was awesome and, you know, just as much attention to detail and hospitality as ever. And so I think the problem is going to be in, you know, what they're dealing with right now is like figuring out how to make the streaming business side of the business profitable so that, they can, you know, come back out and and reinvest in the parks in the right way. Um, and and because the parks are still very profitable. I mean, and I know um there was some worry on the stockholder side that they were playing too much of a short-term game with the the parks, um, and that they were kind of past the optimal price, you know, and that that's not going to be good for the long term. So I think I think they're grappling with all of these things, but I think it's interesting. I don't know. I think what they really need to focus on is being, you know, having the creative leadership being at the forefront and not losing sight of that that they're a creative company and they and that is what makes them special and unique and um if they lose sight of that, they're really missing the whole point. What else is sort of in the present going on for you guys? Are you planning stuff? Are you watching anything? What's what's your present Disney landscape looking like? Well, I'm excited for uh, the Disney 100 anniversary. Yes. Oh, yes, that's huge. And, yeah, and that's huge. So that's and so we'll be going to Disneyland in December. Um, which I'm very excited about, um, and that's where most of the the 100 celebration is at, which makes which makes sense. Um, and it'll be great to see the new uh, Toontown um, and uh, Mickey's Runaway, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad, which I really really like or I love, in fact, at at Hollywood Studios. But it seems from what I've seen of like the walkthroughs and stuff, seems even cooler down at Disneyland. Um, so that's what I'm really, really excited about. Besides, of course, uh, Mandalorian 
season three, but kind of four because of Boba Fett, and then also um, Ahsoka. Yeah, so, I know. I'm so, so excited. <laughs> um, so, so those are that's what I that's what I have on on my horizon. Um, uh, you know, I'm excited to go back to Disneyland too and sort of see it um, again, not knowing more now and, and, and all of those sort of things. So, so yeah, that's, it's that's, just, that's what I'm excited about. It's so fun to have something on the books for 2023. I, I like, I booked it when we got back from Disney world because <laughs> I was going to book it for Disney world again. My husband's like, let's, let's, let's take it down. One notch here. <laughs> but i you know i will say disneyland is as good as walt disney world except it just doesn't have epcot which um you know love i love myself some epcot yeah (laughs) wasn't there one um or or was this was this the proposal for california adventure at first to have a, a version of Epcot like they were going to call like Westcott or something or there was a proposal for Westcott that wasn't in Anaheim it was kind of it was like on the water it was about 45 minutes away I think um and it looks amazing and really really cool they just forgot to ask if anybody who lived in that town might want it to not be at their town anymore and I guess they still did it was (laughs) you know who knows Yeah, yeah, and didn't I think Disney tried to do that with like a theme park in DC as well, right? Like they constantly are like, "Let's do this," and then forgetting that there's populations of people who live there. I don't know if there's a historical precedent for this, but I I I think that's (laughs) so. So, how about you all? What are you excited about? For my birthday this year, which just happened in January, I did three parks in one day, which was super exciting. And so I was really excited about that. Now we have to somehow figure out four parks in one day. We'll get there. So was that um, was that the first time you've done that before? I think it was. Like, I have no memory of doing three mm-hmm. parks in one day. So I think it was. We also took multiple transportation. The girls were very good um, spirited about it, which I really appreciated. And we did it all without Genie Plus also. So mm-hmm. we literally just... We're like, we're just going to get on whatever rides we can. And we had a meal with my parents. And I think I demanded we eat in each part. Well, we ate at Pinocchio's at Magic Kingdom. We ate in Germany at uh, Epcot. And then we had ice cream on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood Studios, which continues to be my most favorite place in all of Disney, which also, Danica, I love Disneyland because it's by Los Angeles. And I just love the whole Art Deco, just everything Mm -hmm. that is there. Um so I, I hope we get to do that. I think viewing wise, I think another um, Loki is coming out. I yes. Think. I think so in this I'm, fall. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Ant-Man and Quantumania, Paul Rudd oh. forever. So <laughs> um, I'm a big Paul Rudd person. Although my sister said if they kill Paul Rudd, she's just done with all of Marvel. So fingers crossed that they don't. I can't. Um, he's immortal. <laughs> he's, he's she's like, like 14 really, years old for like 40 years. We, were, we watched like, I well, yes, we watched, um, we were watching the preview and she was like, wait a second. Are they going to kill him? <laughs> I was like, no, I hope not. What? You ne- I never even occurred to me. Um, and I guess I'm also, I'm looking kind of at what you put, um, Liza, 
And I'm excited for Splash Mountain closing and getting to be reopened as mm-hmm. Tiana. And I know that puts us into the firm future camp, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with Splash Mountain closing. Um, mm-hmm. I think other people have said it, Len Testa has said it, that it's surprising that in the 1980s, they were like, this seems like a fine IP to to do something with. And if so, I haven't. I had another podcast, Footnoting History, and I had a two part episode on this dealing with both uh, Joel Chandler Harris's books and then how Disney made the movie. And when Disney made the movie, people even said it was racist in the 1940s. Like it has never been a question. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I just, um, I'm excited for its closing and I love that they're going to do Tiana. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's going to be great. Uh, my middle daughter, Rory super loved Tiana when she was little. She had like the little dress. We have pictures of her visiting Tiana and Disney, just all these things. Like, so I'm just, I'm very excited for the retheming. Yeah. Well, and like Disney's doing, you know, they're retheming uh, a restaurant as well. And they're retheming a, uh, they already did retheme like a little clothing, a boutique, right? Mm -hmm. Like I love that it's, and it works so well with that New Orleans like area. So I'm, I'm really excited to see the depth that they're, that they're taking it. Yes. I, I want to have a, I can't, I can never pronounce the word correctly, but I want a beignet. Beignet? Yeah. You, you say it, you sound like you say it more. <laughs> I, you know, I, I do have myself a beignet pretty frequently. Actually, we have like a local beignet place. I mean, I think I'm going to get one like in a couple hours. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. like I, It's actually like on my list of things to do today. Um, but yeah, the beignets at um, oh. at Disneyland, you can get the chalk, you get like chocolate dipping sauce or oh. we, we ate them a lot when we were there. That sounds yeah. awesome. So I'm excited for the snacks that are going to come too. Yeah. It's so nice. I think Danica, you phrased it this way in a text that, that Tiana will have a really permanent place in Florida now. And uh, I mean, she, she, you can meet her, obviously she has a meet and greet, but there's, this will be such a, you know, vibrant part of mm-hmm. um, Frontierland now. And I think it's going to be amazing. Yes. And then, you know, in the near few, they announced the Tron opening date. Oh, that's right. So that is going to be so great. That is coming up in a couple of months. And um, I wanted to, I just want to give a shout out to Rodeo Roundup, which I've been waiting for for like three years. <laughs> so long. I'm so excited. That the, I mean, I feel like there's a ton of barbecue options actually at Walt Disney mm-hmm. World. So I don't know why. I'm so excited about this, but I just think Hollywood Studios really needs another sit down. It really does. It really does. Yeah. And this will be great. There's yeah. just not a sit down for kids at right. Hollywood Studios. Not, or, I mean, I guess like Sci-Fi Diner and, um, um, and Prim- is- 50s Primetime are yeah. kind of, but it's not – well, my my family loved Sci-Fi Diner. I was yeah. kind of like, this is not my favorite thing. But I'm, t- I'm just like looking at the back of my kids' heads. <laughs> I was like, this yes. is really kind of weird. <laughs> but they loved it and they yes. thought it was amazing. But um, but I think like a, I'm so excited for for it as well. But I also, when we were there in, in December, I asked like a cast member where it was so like we could just like look on the outside. And they were like, we don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And I was like, 
it's all a myth, isn't it? Like it's it's actually never opening. <laughs> They've got us. They got us good. I know. It was so long in the making. It was so long. Weird. Everything seems to take so long for Disney right now. Like Universal yeah. is popping up things left and right. Like yep. Universal is just like, oh, now we have escape rooms. Now we have this. Now we have that. And Disney's yep. like, three years later. Right. <laughs> I like just stop oh. announcing it, right? Yes. Like, don't don't tell us until like you know you're get printing the menus or whatever, right? That'll that'll yeah. build excitement. But the yeah. yeah, this whole like eight years from now, <laughs> and then get a restaurant. Well, I mean, we're we're almost getting Moana um, yeah. in Epcot, like almost there, which. So when we were doing our three parks in one day, we took the monorail around and we could see into what they were doing. But Maisie was actually, I thought that was exciting, but Maisie's like, huh, this kind of ruins it for me. <laughs> like, oh, a way to be one of those sight lines people on Twitter. So it's like, I, you're taking away the magic. But, um, but I was like, well, at least we know it's here. At least we can tell that they're actually going to do something with it. So I'm very excited for that too. I think it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's a good a good segue into, you know, Disney Horizon. So we sort of talked about the past, the present, and then just thought it would be fun to end this season two opener with just like a little bit of the future talk. Um, just what are you know, what are our hopes or predictions for you know the the company, the parks, um, or even like what's on your travel bucket list. So um, do we want to just go around and talk about, as they call it, blue sky stuff, or like just sort of what's beyond 2023 for, for us in our minds? Well, to go with the, the blue sky reference, yes. like the, the D23 uh, uh, sort of blue sky <laughs> parks <laughs> thing that we all watched and we're kind of like, huh. Um but if they do decide to put Encanto like sort of adjacent to Frontierland or Adventureland, I can't really tell the difference between those two. Um, over there on the, on that side, that to me seems like such an easy, easy win. Yeah. Encanto is a is a perfect movie that yeah. only gets better when you watch every time you watch it. Like <laughs> as somebody who's now seen it twenty seven times or whatever, it's it's so perfect and smart and. Um, and it, I mean, we obviously like the Enchanted House. There's just so many things that they could do that that everyone would love. And um, in that area over there, I feel like it needs a little color, like a little like literal, like the sort of vibrancy of Encanto would would really sort of spark up that area, I think. Um, and then and then this is coming from a Lentesta show, uh, but talking about like doing something behind um fantasy land like a, a villain's land um i yeah. also the, the idea of expanding magic kingdom sounds so exciting to me um i know these are real blue sky ideas but i do think the most easy basic thing and i can't imagine this isn't going to happen is is adding Encanto into the parks in some small like yes. way right everybody wants to meet those characters and they're so uh there's so much depth to those characters they're so vibrant i i think that that would be and i think that is something that we we can expect. I, it's such an easy an easy thing to sort of gesture towards. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Is if if we if we blue skied and canto right into the park into the park, 
mm-hmm. especially because the, as we've now learned, the mythology behind Big Thunder, according to the comic book, is that it's like haunted by a spirit. So I think just this whole idea of magic and whatever else is happening mm-hmm. works there. I hope that they start paying their cast members better. Mm. Um, that I think is, is where I'm kind of at because those are the people who make the magic when you, Liza, when you're like, the magic is not gone. You're right. Right. It's It's not not. because the cast members do an amazing job of keeping the magic. And I hope the Disney higher ups accept that as someone who owns 1.5 shares of Disney. Mm -hmm. So as a shareholder, I would like to say that. I think that that should be our biggest thing, making sure that the cast members are well cared for because they're the ones who are front facing, who are dealing with all of us. And they're awesome. They are just, they are so amazing. Yeah. So I hope the Disney powers that be do that. I hope that they understand how important those cast members are to everything that they're making happen and that Disney wouldn't exist without them. Yeah. They, the Disney execs need to watch Andor. Mm. Yeah. Which is the, the best thing to come out of Disney Plus this last year, yes. but also speaks to mm-hmm. the importance it's like of our holding workers. up a mirror. Yes. <laughs> Take yeah. a look in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. Yeah. I'll take it just a different tack things that I would love to just plan for the future. And one of them is a trip to Disneyland. Um, Would love to see some of the hundredth anniversary going on over there. And then I really want to do a DCL. I want to do a Disney cruise. I found one that leaves from New York city. And I think that I have my sights on that because it would save the airfare and it would really just let us, enjoy the cruise for the cruise and um so i have my sights on that where does it go liza there's two itineraries from new york city and one goes to canada and we're really interested in the canada one that's so awesome (laughs) yeah it goes like to really cool places on the coast of canada and um if they keep the same itineraries it might not be 2023 but it might be a a 2024 trip so we are really looking into that and i think it would be fantastic so cool that's great yeah yeah i i want to somehow get to disneyland so i agree with that i'm trying to figure out how we can do that because i do want to get there if we're talking big bucket list i want to go to hong kong disneyland so much (laughs) it'd be amazing like i want to go to shanghai disneyland i want to go to tokyo disneyland disneyland sea um i've been to disneyland paris but i have not been since they've built the second park so it's been a long time but i just there's something about hong kong disneyland that i just really want to go there um tyler is has no desire to go no um so i basically have to wait until i think the girls are slightly bigger, although Rory says she won't fly. So it might just be me and like Maisie or Mary might come along. But uh, so that's my big one. And it's I really want to go on their version of the haunted house. I want to go on the um, that manor a, ride. Yes. Right. The, what's yeah. it called? the mystic manor. Yes. yes. I I am dying to go on mystic manor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
we're we're planning on going to Disney Paris for my fiftieth birthday, which is, I guess, now where I'm where I'm headed <laughs> in terms of my my mortality. <laughs> Don't look a day over 25. <laughs> I mean, you look like the birthday castle, not the iridescent castle. <laughs> oh my God, I want that on a t shirt. Oh my God. <laughs> it's magical. <laughs> so like good. infamously amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. That is, I mean, I think that's going to be, that would be so special, Danica. You should definitely, you have to do that. This is so awesome. Starting season two with you guys of Symposia Disney. I think we have some really good topics coming up for the season. Just to tease a little bit of them. We we talked about um, them a little bit throughout, but, you know, traveling in a big group. Um, we're going to be talking about Disney at night, um, Disney date nights, uh, just more on the evolution of the park. So sort of like more on the closing of Splash Mountain, you know, what, what are those, how are those types of things, you know, received and we can go into some history and some future talk in that episode. And, um, I know we threw out some great ideas um, about, you know, women and mothers and Marvel. So I'm excited about that. And, um, and yeah, any, and, and we want to talk about the DAS pass. So that's coming mm-hmm. up because we got to use that on our recent trips. Um, so we can really share some knowledge and ideas on that. And what else? What are you guys excited for, for our podcast? You know, I'm excited to hang out with you all and like talk more about Disney stuff in a way that doesn't make my family be like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm excited to talk to you both. I'm excited. I really enjoyed when we did the like the free bell episodes and yeah. so um feminism but also patriarchy like men in um and masculinity and so mm-hmm. i'm excited to continue kind of digging into those topics because i do feel like that's kind of building off what danica said like not exactly what my family came for when i started <laughs> right. to them yeah. um so i'm excited to talk about disney all the time and to also kind of get to go into those like deeper discussions. Yeah. That no one wants to have with me. <laughs> I I personally just get a lot of insights from our talks, like a personal insights about, you know, because I know I love Disney and and I don't always know why. And I think that was part mm-hmm. of our journey originally is like why Disney and um I think we're figuring it out as we discuss with each other and I think it's really um awesome and really productive and fun just fun Absolutely. it's so much fun <laughs> all right guys i love well, this episode you. i'm so excited to kick off season two and um yeah it's been it's been awesome i'm liza i'm liz and i'm danica Thanks all right we'll listening. see you next time everybody see you real soon there you go see you real soon. <laughs> sounds, sounds uh rolls off the tongue nicely <laughs> I came up with it. <laughs> don't don't sue me, Disney. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.